podcast. This is for the week of May 21st, 2023. And before we get started, we have a little intro that we're going to do. But Brad, first of all, how's your mom doing? How's Elaine doing? <laughs> she's great. Is she, she? Yeah. she's. Uh, she turned 85 this last December and she's, uh, she's rolling. She's kicking. She's Man. making the farm, uh, you know, pay attention. She's doing good. I, I love your mom. She's fantastic. You, now, do you want to you want to share with our listeners why? <laughs> that why, was really awkward. Do you, do you, do you, do you want to share why I ask about your mom? Go, I, ahead, go ahead, throw me under the bus. No. Yeah, throw me under the bus. I gave you permission. Okay. If, if you don't, Marissa will. So we're sitting here pre-podcast, and Darren goes, "So Brad, it's going to be your first Mother's Day without your mom," and I'm like. <laughs> she, she's not dead. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, Anyway, dang it! I'm still I'm still recovering from surgery. I'm still on a lot of drugs right now. There's no telling what's going to happen to this podcast today. <laughs> we could be fun, so teachers pay attention. Man, <laughs> let's let's do this. So, sorry about that, Brad. P- please apologize to your mom. And she was with me. Or just don't tell her. Don't, don't tell her about that one. Don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'll get a good joke out of it. She'll, <laughs> she'll love it. <laughs> she's <laughs> she might write you a funny note, but she'll love it. Yeah, that'll be that'll be all right. Well, in fact, she was a uh, kind of a special. Thanksgiving, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. Last year we were in Israel, and there were three or four of us that were in Israel with our mothers, um, mm. and my, my mom was there, and that was just really special to be Mother's Day in Jerusalem uh, 2022. So give your best to, my best to your mom, Brad. Will G- do. Give your best to your mom, too. She's a sweet lady. <laughs> All right, very much alive and well. So here we go. Let's jump in. <laughs> um, just as a little banter as we start, we're kind of getting toward the end of school. In fact, our if you're listening to this um, on the week of the 9th, 10th, 11th, we have our end of school event coming up for our grade school kids. Um, but end of school year traditions for those of us with kids in the room, which is all of us, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you do when your kids finish up school? They're done for the day. They're done for the year. Anything special? So I'm. we started last year planning a trip every year after school is out to nice. go to Galveston or Surfside, just Go to the beach. Go hang out. Let the kids have freedom uh, apart from school and apart from our normal routines for a few days. Are y'all doing that this year? We are. Fantastic. Enjoy. Love Surfside Beach. Surfside is gorgeous. It's it's not as trafficked as Galveston because yep. maybe trafficked is the wrong word. It's mm. not as No, in touristy. Texas, it's very literally people yeah, that, that's, <laughs> drive that's on the beaches. That's true as well. But yeah. people do drive on the beaches. But it's, yeah. it's not as crazy as Galveston because it's more of a, a Texas thing. Well, if you're on Surfside Beach, about 15 minutes away, there's this little restaurant called On the River, probably my best favorite restaurant uh, in that area of the Gulf Coast. Marissa? In May, we are just in survival mode. So, so, uh, yeah, when the school year is winding down, um, that is really a misnomer. Our days and our nights are filled in May. So, uh, yeah. into so school when, events, yes, all performances. Yeah, yeah. The older your kids get, like the more recitals and programs and uh, assemblies they have, and so, uh, so yeah, it's just crazy right now. So when school, the last day of school, what are we gonna do? We're gonna like 
beach like whales, I think. Duh, perfect. That's it. <laughs> Not at a literal beach, but just yeah. like lay there. Just lay there. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was a, a mistake we made uh, when we got married was we got married in May, which mm-hmm. we didn't know this, but you go forward 20 years and you've got events and award ceremonies and all that. Yeah, and, yeah. And during school age, kids, uh, during that time, we rarely had an anniversary meal on our anniversary. Yeah. We find another time. Yeah. So <clears throat> my wife was always the creative one. You know, she would uh, get a night at uh, Embassy Suites and we'd pick up the kids from school. She would have some chocolates ready for them from Sweet Tooth and we'd take them out to eat. We'd stay up late at Embassy watching movies and then eat their omelet breakfast the next morning and go home. And that was kind of the, the yay, you made it. That's now, cool. now here's summertime. So my <laughs> nice. wife is always the fun one. All right. Well, let's jump in. We are nearing the end of our Beatles series. Um, For the week of the 21st, we're going to focus on the Beatles song, Let It Be, and more importantly, we're going to focus focus on the scripture uh, where Mary, the mother of Jesus, prays this prayer, let it be to me as you have said, may your word be fulfilled. We'll get into that scripture here in just a moment, Uh, but I'm going to ask Marissa to to read this passage because this is a let it be prayer. Mm. Uh, Let me set this up uh, just a bit because I think there's some great little nuggets on prayer just in chapter 1. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, of course, we, we know them for being childless for most of their lives. Um, read one author recently who said, it's interesting how we can pray a prayer in the first half of life that God will answer in the second half of life. And sometimes we don't get those immediate answers, but God, God does answer. Mm-hmm. Um, with Mary and her prayer, as we will see it, and we were discussing this right before we hit record, I don't think this was a one-and-done prayer. I think Mary was successful in praying this particular prayer because she had already prayed it a thousand times uh, in submission and surrender to the Lord. But I think she would continue to pray it, and probably Jesus would would pick up on this prayer. It would it would become a part of his spiritual heritage from his mother. So, uh, Marissa, uh, without any further ado, let's read uh, Luke 1, uh, 26. And then you can either stop at verse 38 or you can read the next section until Mary's song. I'll just, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Well, we'll stop at 38. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So we'll talk about Mary's prayer here in just a moment, but I'd like to start with just what, what stands out in this angelic encounter that Mary has with, with Gabriel. Uh, for me, uh, and I, I hear people all the time in pastoral counseling and in passing say, I, I wish I understood what the Lord was doing. Well, Mary does not understand what the Lord is doing here. And I think for most of our lives, we will not understand what God is doing. 
But just because we don't understand doesn't mean that we can't trust. And so Mary has a firm sense, you know, how, how can this be? I'm a virgin. What, you know, if anything, I think the angel Gabriel kind of unloads too much on her. <laughs> you know, here's the big picture of everything Jesus will be. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a maiden in a small rural town. How will this be? Mary doesn't understand, but she trusts. And I think that's an important way for us to pray. Next time you don't understand what the Lord is doing, just say, God, help me trust you even then. So just from, from this encounter with Gabriel, anything stand out to you guys? There's something we don't see here. We don't see what has got Mary to this point. We don't see the spiritual development that's happened in Mary's life that has brought her to a place where when she receives this word from God, she's able to say, okay, I may not be comfortable with everything, but I'm going to hang in here with you. But that says something and almost challenges us or invites us to cultivate a relationship with God to such an extent that no matter what comes our way, we can say we actually can trust God's faithfulness because God is faithful even if we're not going to be, even if we don't comprehend that or understand what that is. And so that would be the biggest thing that I would chew on that I would even present from the passage. Marissa? Yeah, and I didn't read the Magnificat, not because I don't love the Magnificat, but because I have a head cold, and it was so hard for me to get through the passage that you did have me read. Now I want you to read the rest of it. Cut it off. I want you to read the rest of it. (laughs) Well done. But when you read the Magnificat, you understand, even though she did not understand maybe exactly what it meant for her to obey and um, for her to acquiesce to what Gabriel was telling her. I mean, she was steeped in the scriptures and the promises of the prophecies. She understood the Psalms. Her parents had, uh, you know, instilled the scripture and the promises of God within her. So this was a time when there was a lot of um, brokenness and a lot of um, distance felt between the people of God and God. And there was this, this huge silence that we experienced from the end of the Old Testament, the Older Testament, and the beginning of, the, of, of Luke. There's this, this silence between God and his people. Um, There's a cloud over um, God's people. And the way that the light strewn in, literally when Gabriel came to her and and everything became illuminated again, she may not have completely understood, but she understood that this meant mercy and this meant hope and this meant victory. and, And this was God coming to his people with rescue at last. So when we think, you know, at her first reaction, of course, was fear, because that always seems to be, Do not be whenever afraid. an angel comes, <laughs> sure. like, this, is, this is a scary thing. But when, when but why she would you has be afraid a moment... Of a, why would you be afraid of a little precious moments? Oh, yeah. Well, have you seen their eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Those are not... <laughs> a little scary, yeah. Those are not human eyes. Um, <laughs> but, but rather than reacting with fear at the end... Um, you know, her song is one of triumph and hope, and, and uh, man, that's what it meant to her, um, yeah. just that in the midst of her brokenness, God's presence was, was there. I, I love the line, um, and it's a, it's a good prayer, uh, verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. God, you, you fill the hungry with good things, and, and mostly we just need his presence. I do, do like here the, the contrast, too, between Mary and Zechariah. Here, Zechariah is a religious figure. Uh, he meets God in the temple. Mary is none of that. She does not have any uh, religious um, role, you know, in in Israel. And it takes place in a home. And it just reminds me, 
God knows where to find us. God wants mm-hmm. to use us. God can use anyone he chooses in any way he pleases. But he also knows exactly where we are. And if he chooses to use us, he, he has a way of, of finding us. So before we go on to the prayer, the let it be prayer, any other reflections here that y'all are just dying to say? I'll go for it. Okay. Well, let's let's get into the prayer itself. And, and by the way, we should back up and, and handle the Beatles song just a bit. Uh, this song written by Paul McCartney, Let It Be, this was actually one of the Beatles' last, I think it was their last hit mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the band broke up. And um, J- Paul McCartney was having trouble dealing with all of the conflict in the Beatles, particularly between he and John. And uh, he had a dream one night, and his, his mother appeared mm-hmm. to him in a dream. And that's the Mother Mary in the dream, you know, saying, just just let it be what it is. And this this dream that was very comforting. We're not going to get into all the spirituality of the dead appearing to us in dreams. Just <laughs> take the story at face value. Uh, but his mother just kind of coached him, just let it be what it is, and it's it's going to be okay. And so Mary's response to the Lord, um, which is not a dream, it's an angelic vision, I'm going to let this be what it is. Let it be to me, as you have said, I'm the Lord's servant. So let's talk about that prayer itself, the significance of that prayer, the importance of that prayer, the value of that prayer. I didn't really ask you a question. I'm just kind of... No, let's talk about it. I'm just kind of throwing it. It's it's worth discussing it because there's something... Go ahead. You're going to ask Brad. I was going to ask Brad how his mom's doing, but that's just a side note. Dave, go ahead. I was... (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. All's well. (laughs) Good. Back on track. Um, As I alluded to earlier, there's something about... Mary's understanding of who God is, that she's able to trust the character of God to carry her through whatever this is. She can trust that God is going to walk with her through this. If God is doing something through her to bring hope to the people of Israel, that that this child that God is going to give her will indeed be the Messiah that was promised several thousand, several hundred, maybe thousand, maybe more years before, God had a plan, and God was going to walk with her, and God was going to walk alongside of her. And I think there's something there for us that when we walk through difficult circumstances, we know that someone bigger than us is going to walk with us through our storms, through the seasons of life, and we can trust him to carry us through as we walk with him, and maybe even invite him in to our lives in the midst of whatever we're walking through. And so maybe part of that prayer is an invitation, okay, may it be to me as you have said, but I'm trusting you underneath that. And walk with me through this. I like what you said there about trusting God's character because oftentimes we evaluate God based on what we perceive to be His actions. And, and by the way, God is trustworthy. Sometimes mm-hmm. we see the way God is acting and we go, I don't, I, don't, I don't like the way He's acting right now. But that's when we need to see beyond the actions to His character, not what is happening in the moment, but who He is eternally. Marissa? Well, we don't know what the personality of Mary was as far as um, how in control she liked to be. But as far mm-hmm. as Paul McCartney, he was a control freak, like a self-avowed. Uh, he liked to micromanage every aspect of his songs, of, of the people around him. And uh, at this time, like you said, in 1969, when the band was breaking up, he was realizing that he couldn't keep this group together any longer. Um, there had been times before when he was like, okay, I'm, I'm charismatic enough. I have the leadership abilities. I can keep this thing together. He was the only one that still wanted to keep this thing together. So... As the tornado and chaos was swirling around him, he finally realized, I, I can't keep trying to tame this tornado. 
I have to step back. I have to let it be. Um, one of the the prayers that you've offered so often is, is let go and, and let God, you know, just let, just, I, it doesn't translate to radio, the sign that yeah. you do, <laughs> but, but just let it be, just give that control to God. Uh, take that anxiety, that burden of, of uh, the weight of trying to keep everything in the world together and let God do that. Give him the control. So this has nothing to do with the text or not, but Marissa, you, you've probably absorbed more of the Beatles than, than Dave and I put together. If John Lennon had not been killed in 1980, do you think they would have gotten back together? I think so. Well, hmm, I don't know if they would have gotten back together. I think they would have done projects together. Okay. Um, they were slowly starting to do things like George and, and Ringo were doing things together. Paul and George and Ringo were doing things together. I think eventually they would have started collaborating again. That anger would have been gone. Um, John was a very unique individual. Yes, he was. And he had a very unique vision, but he was in that last year, one of the tragedies of his assassination was in that last year, he had done a lot of growth. He had made a lot of inroads with his sons. Um, so maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, and, mm. and it's just, uh, you know, kind of going back to the let it be idea. This really is a, a, a condensation of Ecclesiastes where it says, for everything, there's a season. Mm. You know, there, there's a time for a band to be together, and there's a time for the band to break up. And maybe there'll be a time for the band <laughs> to get back together again. There's a paraphrase for it. There you go. That's, <laughs> hey, it's... It, Ecclesiastes it, according to Darren Spoo. Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, there's a... Hey, guys, listen. There's a time to, to hold on. There's a time to let go. Does it not say that? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, so there's a time to get the band back together mm. in good Blues Brother fashion. Um, but but we need to... That's uh, next, by the way. And yeah. Brothers. Yeah. We're and on a mission from, a mission from God. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't give me any more ideas. You know this, you know this, yes. this can happen. We're doing it. This can happen. Spiritualizing uh, SNL. Just to mm-hmm. let something be, and, and this is kind of a silly story. I don't think I'll share this uh, on the morning that I, I teach this, but I was at a, a convent a couple of years ago. I, I was uh, doing a Lectio Divina retreat there, and there's a beautiful cross standing out in the front lawn of this convent that was hosting this conference. And so I went out and I took a picture of the, of the cross with the sky behind it, and my camera wasn't the best on my phone. I don't remember if it was an iPhone or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh, it was real pixelated. But I had them developed at a local I pharmacy, a, a Nokia, uh, probably so. Yeah, probably <laughs> a little flip phone. But I, I took this picture. It was a beautiful cross, beautiful sky behind it. Um, you know, I, I sent them into Walgreens to get them developed, and I gave a, a copy to everyone at the conference, just a picture of this cross with the sky. And I remember apologizing because it was a little pixelated, and and the the nun who was there hosting the conference, she said, "Darren, don't worry about it being perfect. Just let it be what it is." Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a small little deal, but I go, I, I like to control everything. Mm. I like everything to be just perfect. You know, if you want it done right, do it yourself mentality. Well, sometimes you just do the best you can, mm-hmm. and you just, you just let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. Let it be what it is. Before we make the next leap of this prayer, anything that y'all are dying to say? So Billy Graham had a let it be moment early in his ministry. I'm sure you've heard of it. I don't know if you're using this as a sermon illustration or not, I'm so not, I hope I'm not stealing I'm not, that. I'm not yet, so it better be good. <laughs> okay. Um, so in, in the 40s, early in his ministry, he and Charles Templeton toured the circuit together. Charles Templeton, everyone thought, was going to be the biggest evangelist that they had ever known. About the same time, they both wrestled with, can we really trust that Jesus really was who he said he was? Can we really lean into that? Charles Templeton ended up wrestling with it so much and never could settle on that, never could trust God, 
he ended up walking away from the faith. He had a deconversion mm -hmm. moment walking away. Um, at one point, Lee Strobel interviewed him before he passed away, and, and Charles Templeton even said, I miss Jesus, but I just can't get over my questions. I can't let it be. Mm. Billy Graham had a similar moment at the same time in the late 40s, and he went back to what he knew, what, what he'd experienced personally, what his mom had experienced, what the Bible said, and said, there's enough in here. I can trust God, mm -hmm. and I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to let that be and let that guide me. So there's something about that where we can trust God, we can lean into him and trust his character, trust that who he was in the past will continue to be who he is in the future, or we can just keep wrestling and questioning and ultimately let that eat us alive. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that picture of it's, it's okay to wrestle with God mm -hmm. as long as he wins. <laughs> let, <laughs> yes. him, let him win. Let him, if you're wrestling with him, just, just let him win. Yeah. Let I, it be. It is okay to ask questions. Don't, don't hear that if you're listening to this or if you're coaching <laughs> other people. But have some anchor that you can go back to. So there's every reason to believe that Mary didn't just pray this prayer, um, one and done. You don't you don't pull this thing out of your hat. You know, I think this was already a lifelong trajectory for her and would continue to be. And I wonder how many times she told Jesus this story. I wonder how many times that as she prayed with the boy Jesus over the years that she continued to pray this. Especially, uh, you know, here we see her embracing. Christ coming into her life, but there are also moments that she would have to let go uh, as Jesus would leave home, as he would go to the cross. She had to continue to let it be. So there's every indication here that, um, that Jesus probably grew up hearing his mother pray this prayer. And so I don't think it should be any surprise that when we get to the end of Jesus's ministry, when Jesus uh, prays on the Mount of Olives, and as he's wrestling with God himself, uh, Jesus knelt down and prayed, and I'm, I, I'm just going to give one reference here. There, You can go to the, the other Gospels and, and curate which example of this. Uh, but this is Luke 22, 42. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. That's another way of praying that same prayer in that same mode. And I, I think that we, uh, we have the interesting heritage of Mary that's also been handed down to us, mm -hmm. that... Jesus learned this prayer from his mother. We learn this prayer from Jesus. And we also, for our own children and our spiritual heirs, this is a way of, of praying that we should model for them. Even though it's here in the Scripture, we need to model this, this letting go. You're right, it doesn't translate, but to take those you know, fingers and put them on our shoulders and brush it off, say, this is not my problem. God, this is yours, and I will, I will let it be. Comments, thoughts? But it just all makes me think of Luke 11, 27 through 28, when the woman in the crowd tells Jesus, uh, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And, uh, and Jesus turns around and he replies, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And I know I've heard before that he was turning that blessing away from his mother, but really he was pointing it more acutely at her, that, uh, that she was not blessed because she bore him or because of her biology but rather because she heard the word of God and she obeyed it. And that's what that let it be is. It's that, that, that taking what God has given you, um, accepting it, and doing something with it. It's not just, you know, letting, letting it be is not a passive thing. Right. It's mm -hmm. an active thing. Um, and mm. that's what was most important about Jesus' mother. And that's how he came to, to the point 
where he could do the exact same thing in the garden was by seeing her example. So if I were teaching this, one of the questions I would probably ask um, as, a, as a pastoral application, and again, it depends on the size of your group and how well they know each other and the chemistry in the room, but to say, let, let's make this tangible. Um, what is something that you need to let be right now? It could be, you know, we talked about the end of school. It could be your kids are not flourishing academically like you want them to, or they're not getting the prize internship this summer, or something in your career relationship. Uh, we, we can obey, but we can't control. And so this might be an interesting moment, again, depending on your group size and the dynamics, to say, what, what is something that you need to let be? And then as a community, to pray over one another. Um, in a way, this, is, this borders on confession to say, I, I, I need to let God take this, and I will let it be. And again, that's not a one-and-done prayer. We probably have to put it down a lot of times mm-hmm. before we mm-hmm. have that muscle memory of, of learning how not to pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, any final thoughts? Yes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm debating I'm whether or not them, to share this. But, but, yes. but no, so a few days ago, we're, from the date of recording this, it's, it's May 9th. A few days ago was May 4th. Uh, I saw a lot of memes floating around social media. Mm-hmm. One I saw that was a little bit more biblical, that maybe that wasn't so much Star Wars driven, <laughs> was a picture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Jesus in the fire together. That, that if we, part of letting it be, letting it go, is also inviting God into our problems with us. And, and maybe a part of this discipline very much so is, let's invite God into what's going on in our lives and not hold on to it so tightly that, that we just think we have to shoulder it alone. Yeah. I was That's waiting right. for that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego pun. <clears throat> But you held it back from us. He did. <laughs> That's he, hateful. He, he, might not know, he might not know the pun. No I don't know that I know it, so you need to share <laughs> we'll it. We'll need to look for it. I don't know. I didn't Shadrach, see that one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Inigo. Is that what the one you were thinking of? No. Nope. Oh. That's great. Uh, I, thought that I was, was trying good. to tie it to Star Wars or May the 4th. But, uh, yeah. Well, so was, what, what, is, what is the other pun, Marissa? I, I don't know. That's what You're the one that saw the meme. I, didn't, I was oh. waiting, for, uh, waiting for the punchline. So, so the punchline <laughs> was May the 4th. Be with ah, me. Jesus is the fourth. See, that's what I was looking for. There you go. <laughs> I even Love have it. a picture if I can find it. Yeah. I was just worried you're gonna say like Obi Wan Kenobi was in the fire with him or something like I, that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very good. Love yeah. it. There you go. Don't, don't, don't share that. <laughs> the with best me. Jesus Duke for May the fourth. Back, there you back, go. Shack back in the Billy Goat. <laughs> 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 oh, good roast. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, I think we're officially out of things to talk about. So enjoy the end of the school year. Brad, please make sure you tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> yeah. This is the best Mother's Day episode ever. When we ever. finish here and yeah. I hit stop, I'll call her. Call her. Are you okay? Give her, give her my regards. And, and I'll hand you the phone. Yes. No, don't, 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 don't. Lane will come and get me. All right. Have, have fun with this. As, as a teacher uh, in your community group, let, let's do take the opportunity to pastor your people a bit. Um, to, to put some things down. It, it's hard to hold on to the hands of God when we're holding all the circumstances there in our hands. To put those circumstances down, hold on to Christ. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. And may God grant you peace now and forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.